So I walked into the room and I was I was so shocked by what I saw. I wasn't sure what I should do, but I knew what I needed to do. Hello friends, this is Caleb Suko. Welcome to the Now's the Time podcast. I'm your host and this is the podcast where we talk about what God has called us to do. We talk about evangelism, sharing the gospel. I talk about our lives here as missionaries in Odessa, Ukraine. Sometimes we bring up topics that help us to better understand what God has called us to do in sharing the gospel and making disciples. And today, I just I want to share with you a couple of stories, things that have happened to me recently that just honestly kind of broke me and left me just thinking, God, what in the world is going on here? And what am I supposed to be doing? And so I want to share with you a couple of these stories. One is about a young girl and another is about an older couple that I recently that I recently helped. And th- these were are things that uh, are just really fresh in my mind. And I thought I'd just we'll jump on the podcast and share them with you guys. But uh, I'm really trying to bring the podcast back a little bit and give some regularity to it. So I'd love to hear from you. And maybe you have some you know, questions for me. Maybe you have some things that you'd like to hear on the podcast. If you do, you can connect with me, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or by email, whatever works best for you. Also, if you go to our website, sukofamily.org slash ask, sukofamily.org slash ASK, you can ask a question there. You can record a question there. Maybe I'll put it on the podcast. But anyway, I'd like to hear from you, friend. Uh, What kind of question do you have, especially if it's regarding missions or evangelism, discipleship? Those are the things that I really try and focus on in in this podcast. Those are the things I try to focus on in our ministry (laughs) because those are the things that I think Jesus really gave us uh, as the primary tasks that we're called to do here in the church and uh, here and now. So anyway, that's that's my desire and those are the things that I want to talk about. But uh, we're right here, we're in the middle of summer here in Odessa and Our kids are, well, still a few of them lingering, trying to finish up the school year, trying to get them done. Uh, One is done for sure, but they kind of got behind. If you heard the last episode, we talked about that a little bit. They got behind because of all of our travels this last year in the States and then coming back here and all of that. So appreciate your prayers as far as that is concerned. But, you know, God has just given us such tremendous opportunities for ministry and for the gospel here. I'm just astounded by it. And sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming because you don't know how to, (laughs) you know that you can't by yourself do everything that you see that needs to be done. You know what I mean? So uh, yesterday was a great day at church. We were at our church downtown called Skenia, which means tabernacle. And, um, you know, God, I, I'm just I'm really excited about the opportunities there in that downtown church. There are some, we, we spent time yesterday praying for international students. And, and I would ask that maybe if you could pray for that uh, ministry opportunity, that 
opportunity for evangelism for us as well. There's such a large group of students coming from different countries, and many of them speak English, and uh, and, and they need to learn Russian, and so we're reaching out to them. We're we're helping them to learn Russian, and we want to reach out to them in English as well because that's a language that they know well. Uh, I, I was just amazed a couple weeks ago. I was down there, and there is the uh, representative of the Communist Party of China in our church building trying to learn Russian <laughs> and we're talking to him about the Bible you know so uh, anyway just some amazing opportunities and then also went out to the soldiers again once again we had a nice group of about 25 guys come out we're right now we're taking them through the first six chapters of Genesis we realize that these these guys that they don't know anything about the Bible and so we're trying to just give them a, a foundation for understanding the Bible. And we realize that we have to go back to the book of Genesis. And, you know, friends, that's one of the reasons why in our evangelism training, we really focus on the chronological approach to sharing the gospel. Because so often you, you will share the gospel with someone, you, and you might even think that they know that, you know, they, in general terms, have an understanding of the Bible. But so often they don't. And so it's important to be able to give them that foundation. That's kind of what we're doing with these soldiers, trying to give them a foundation for understanding God's word so that we can talk about Jesus. We can talk about the New Testament. We can talk about the need for salvation. And they understand what that need, what that means because they have learned from Genesis, you know, the problem of sin. They, they've seen that God, you know, created things and then the sin came into the picture and the need for sacrifice all those things that the old testament sets up as uh as important and vital truths that, that we need to understand in order to understand salvation so i really appreciate your prayers for that soldiers outreach we t continue to have a very open door there and one that um I don't even understand why why we have such great opportunity there, but we do, and uh, and it's it's wonderful. So pray for that. Um, all right, let let me. I just I don't want to share too much in the way of news and updates and stuff like that. I just kind of want to share with you some of my heart uh, after just a couple of things that happened to me this past week, and the first one is this: we. Uh, I made a trip out to one of the villages where our, our mission is, is actually for quite a long time. We've been able to kind of support the work out there and and encourage them. And uh, it's a, a small village called Sahanskaya. And this summer, uh, some members of our church, as well as a, a team that came, was doing a children's camp out in this village. This village is about an hour and a half or so outside of Odessa. And it's, you know, it's kind of a depressed place, but uh, I wanted to go out there and at least spend the evening with them, speak to the kids. And, and so uh, me and another pastor and a couple other people, we headed out on Thursday to go out there and uh, visit this uh, uh, kind of like a vacation Bible school kids camp that is going on there in this village and they're gathering kids from several villages. Well, anyway, on our way out there, we stopped actually in another village on the way out there. Because the uh, the pastor that I was uh, riding with, uh, he uh, also ministers in orphanages. And there was a, a girl from one of the orphanages that uh, he ministered in that he wanted to visit. She's 
she was just turning 17 years old. And here, the way the system works in the orphanages is usually about 15 years old. They go out to, they, they leave the orphanage and they go to, I don't know, I guess you call it maybe like a technical school or something like that. And they live at the school for, and they, they, they are there, I think maybe two, three years and they receive training, job training. And so anyway, this girl, just 17 years old, just turning 17, she's left the orphanage just maybe a year ago or so. And she got wooed by a young man who convinced her to come live with him and convinced her of his deep love for her. Well, she ended up getting pregnant. And as soon as she did, this, this young man left her. And so here's this girl. She's out of the orphanage system, has no family. She's 16 years old. She's pregnant and just, just nowhere for her. And she found some people that have a, a house on the edge of this village that they're selling, just this empty house that they're selling. And they allowed her to live there. And so she, that, that's where she's living. So we went and visited her. And she is uh, six weeks pregnant. Well, sorry, not six weeks pregnant. She has about six weeks left in her pregnancy, you know. And and we got to this house. And it's just, I mean, it's on the edge of this village. There's there's abandoned houses around. There's there's just really nothing there. And this this little girl just turning 17 almost you know still a child comes out obviously pregnant you know in her last month or so she has no idea what to do she's very worried about her pregnancy she didn't have money to buy some medication that the doctors had prescribed to her thankfully we had it we called the doctor up and asked about it and said she actually didn't need that that medication but but we we visited her we brought her some some food and a few little gifts we sang happy birthday to her and and we told her of god's love and you know it just you could see the tears welling up in her eyes as she realized that there is somebody that cares for her that there are people out there that aren't just going to leave her when she ceases to fulfill their needs like this young man did. And I, I sat there and looked at that and thought, you know, what it it is a very difficult and, and seemingly hopeless situation. But how wonderful that the church of God has just come to the aid of this girl to at least give some hope, some help, and give her a glimpse of, of what a real family is like. She, she grew up in the orphanage system. And now she's all on her own. And she's going to have a baby. And there's no mother there. There's no... F I mean, she doesn't have her mother. No grandparents for this child. No father for this child. And what what does she know of mothering? And, and it just... It really broke my heart a bit. And I think maybe especially because... You know, right now we're we're waiting for our first grandchild, and and my daughter is far away, and I was thinking of her, and I'm so glad that she's in a a better situation than this young girl. That uh, although she, she is uh, young, but she's in a better situation than this young girl. Sorry about the noise, guys. Our neighbors are doing remodel in their apartment, and you know, it, it got me to thinking about this. This idea, when we talk about evangelism, 
So often we want to go out on the streets and we want to share the gospel with the thousands. But we, what happens is we get out on the streets and we start preaching the gospel and we realize nobody wants to hear it. They're not out there to hear the gospel. In fact, just a while ago, I was riding with a good brother of mine and we drove past the park. There's there's several hundred people there. But you know what? I mean, I've we, we do that kind of evangelism too sometimes. But we find that you go to the park, you go someplace where there's lots of people. They don't, they're not there to hear the gospel. And they'll go out of their way to avoid you. But find those people who've been cast off by the world and who are seemingly in a hopeless situation and share the gospel and the love of Christ with them and they will often run to you because they've been rejected by the world and they've been left hopeless. They they can see clearly their own hopelessness. They feel their dependence upon others and I just I think it is important that we recognize that I'm not saying that we shouldn't go out and, and preach to the masses. I think that there is a time and place for that. And when we do that, you know, inevitably there will be those one or two. There will be some who respond. But what I found more and more is that there are these certain people that God places in our path that are ready to hear the gospel. And we need to be really sensitive to that. And often those people are in places in their own life that are very difficult. Sorry, the neighbor's going with that drill again. Anyway, uh, but, but those people are in difficult situations. And, and if we would only look, the problem, here's the problem. The problem is those are uncomfortable situations. Those are situations that we ourselves want to run from because we don't often don't know how to help them. And I want to give you a another story along this line this is something well today's monday this just happened to be on saturday on saturday i, I usually try and take saturday off if i can it's my day off and so uh, my oldest son michelle and i we were going to go to the gym and do a little workout something that i like to do with him and we do together uh, a couple times a week and so i had just uh gone out of our apartment door into our stairwell we have a, we live in a nine-story apartment building so there's this concrete stairwell and on each side there's doors that go into two two apartments and and so um, I come out of the stairwell and here's this old man standing in our stairwell pounding on the door of our neighbor now I recognize this man because I know that he lives in our in our building but but he doesn't live on our floor he lives I think upstairs somewhere and so I asked him, I said, hey, can I, can I help you with anything? And he said, um, yeah, I, I need a, I need a hatchet. <laughs> I was kind of like, wait, what, what's going on here? You know, I said, well, why do you need a hatchet? He said, well, I, I need to get the door open. It's locked and I need a hatchet to get the door. Open. I said, well, you know, this, this isn't your door. There's other people that live here. Why, why do you need a hatchet? He said, oh no, I need it for my door. I, and then through a series of questions I finally figured out what he was talking about you see he had accidentally locked himself out of his house out of his apartment 
And so I said, well, okay, I'll go get some tools. I'll see if I can help you kind of break your door open to get in. So I got some tools. I got up there. And when I got up there, I heard the moaning and kind of yelling of a elderly woman coming from the apartment. I said, oh, somebody in there said, yeah, well, my wife is in there. So well, can, can she come and open the door? No, she can't. She's she's bedridden. She can't get out of bed. Well, is she okay? Do we need to call the ambulance? Oh, yeah, well, she's probably okay. We just need to open the door. And so so I I tried my best with the tools I had, but I, I didn't have very, you know, I didn't have larger tools. I didn't have a large crowbar. And so after a while, another neighbor came out and I asked him if he had something bigger that he could open the door with. And he ran and got the hatchet that we needed. And he broke the door open and and so this older man went in and I heard him talking with his wife and she was kind of complaining and moaning. I said, hey, do do you guys need help in there? Because they'd gone down the hallway and into the bedroom at the end of the hallway. And finally I said, yeah, yeah, we need some help. So I went back there and I walked into that bedroom and I was so shocked by what I saw. I don't want to. I don't even want to describe it for you. But I can just tell you that 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 woman, who was eighty something years old, had probably not gotten out of her bed for many months. She had not gone to the toilet for many months. And the smell that came out of that room and the sight of that bed was something that is very difficult for me to even remove from my memory. And this, this woman had fallen off of her bed and she had fallen into the space between the wall and the bed, which was only about 18 inches wide or so. So I walked in and here she was wedged in between the bed and the wall. And I had to walk around that bed and squeeze between the wall and the this this bed that I will not even describe to you the condition of it except to tell you that I I did my best to not touch it but I, I had I, I had to squeeze in there somehow and and so I called Michelle my my son and I said hey Michelle we need to help move this lady and I got back there and Michelle got her legs and got my hands under her shoulders, asked her what her name was. Her name was Mila. And and I started to pick her up, and she wasn't really that big of a woman, but it just seemed so, so heavy. And I'm lifting her with, with all my might. And, I mean, <laughs> I like to go to the gym. <laughs> this was my deadlift day. I was going to go to the gym and, you know, lift 400 pounds deadlift. And I'm, I can't lift this lady. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look and I see that her hand is clutching the pipe to the radiator. She won't let go of it. I said, I said, you, you, please, you, you need to let go of, of that pipe or I can't lift you. And between some of her wailing and screams, she finally released her hand. And Michelle and I picked her up and I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to put her back on that side of the bed. I just, I can't. 
and picked her up, took her around to the other side of the bed and laid her down there. And I went out in the hallway and I talked to the husband and see the problem was that he, he couldn't find his key and that door, it just, it locks automatically. There's no way to open it without a key. And so I said, we need to find your key. Otherwise you're going to go out again and the door is going to lock behind you and same thing may happen. He probably has some dementia, couldn't find the key anywhere. So I ended up jury rigging the, the door so that it just simply doesn't lock. But they, they have no one. And so I asked him, I said, do you, do you believe in God? And he pointed up into the corner of his kitchen to an icon of Mary holding baby Jesus. I said, yeah, yeah, you see, right up there. I said, well, pictures are one thing, but do you believe in God? And I didn't even know if he really knew what I was saying, but I shortly shared the gospel with him and I said, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him. I prayed for him. I prayed for him and for his wife. And, you know, it just, it just broke my heart that here are these elderly people. I found out later that they have two children. One is disabled. He has no legs, so he can't help them. Another one, they don't even know where he is. He doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So there's there's just really no one in the world. They're, they are also like orphans. But you know what? These are gospel opportunities. They're very uncomfortable gospel opportunities. When that door was opened and the old man got, I could have left. In fact, the neighbor who opened our door, he just quickly ran off. But I felt like I needed to do something. I needed to help somehow. And honestly, you know, I'm still just playing that over my mind. And I'm going to go back up to their place here probably today or tomorrow and bring them some, at least some adult diapers and see how we can help them some more. But maybe I can just ask you to pray for that older couple and pray for me too as I think of how I can respond to this. Because there's really nothing that social services will do for a older couple like this here in Ukraine because they have living children. But I think the church can do something. And like I said, I think that these are gospel opportunities these are gospel opportunities that are often sitting out right in front of us. They're opportunities where there is brokenness. And that brokenness often, often is a little opening into the heart of an individual. People that are not broken. People that think they have it all together. People that don't have big financial needs or health needs or whatever. It's often so much harder to reach their hearts. But it's amazing to me how God often works through brokenness, whether it's in my own life or in the life of others. And 
I think I think maybe that's just what God is is trying to teach me through some of these opportunities is to not just cast off those uncomfortable situations and that brokenness but to see that brokenness as an opportunity for the truth of the gospel to penetrate hearts and that is often going to be uncomfortable for us but it's something that we have to do and through it i think that there can be great hope i think there can be great great hope and so you know question for you is you know what what kind of gospel opportunities might you be missing what kind of deep brokenness is in the world around you i don't think that we need to feel obliged to preach the gospel to people that are not really interested in hearing it. Yeah, we, we can try and we should try. But when we find those individuals that respond and they respond with interest and they want to hear more and there's an obvious reaction of the heart to the truth of the gospel message, those are the people that I think we need to focus on. And I think we need to show them the love of Christ and help them. That maybe, just maybe through that, God will give them repentance and faith. Well, friends, those are the stories that I wanted to share with you today. They're just a little glimpses of, of our life here in Ukraine. Again, appreciate your prayers for us. We have many opportunities, little time little strength, but God is great and he uses the little that we have to do a lot sometimes, doesn't he? So thank you for your prayers. If you're not on our mailing list, you can go to sukofamily.org slash pray where you can sign up. I send out updates usually about once a week or so so that you can stay informed and praying. If you uh, don't get this podcast on a podcast player you can check it out in itunes or in whatever in whatever podcast catcher you use for android it's it's all there it should be um just look up caleb suko or now is the time with caleb suko and you should be able to find this podcast appreciate your responses appreciate your communication so if you have any requests, any questions, please send me a note. Go to sukofamily.org slash ask. And remember that our ministry here is supported by the very generous donations of many of God's people like you. So if you feel that God might be leading you to give a donation to help us continue doing what we're doing, sharing the gospel where we can, with broken people, with anyone who will listen here, and helping Ukrainian believers to do the same, we would very, be very grateful and humbled by your donation. You, again, you go to sukofamily.org and there's a, a menu at the top there, I think it says support. You can learn how to support us or give a donation to the ministry there. All right, friends, until next time, may God bless you and may he give you opportunities for the gospel.